Podcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Oh, it's teacher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see you. Had him take a little something different today. <laughs> right, right. He's just going to go ahead and take control. It's cool. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, of course, you are tuned in to the Preachers of Detroit After Show. Uh, first of all, I want to let you know that you can definitely go and subscribe uh, to AfterBuzz TV at YouTube.com, AfterBuzz TV. Definitely want to be a follower of ours. Also, you want to go to YouTube and SoundCloud and subscribe there so you can get all of what we have going on. And during this uh, podcast, you can definitely live tweet us at hashtag ABTVPLD. Um, I'm your host, Lynn Gonzalez, and you can also follow me on Instagram. Instagram and Twitter at the Poet Saint. And next to me, sir, let us know your name and where they can follow you. I am Gary Thomas, and you can follow me at I am Gary Thomas on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. So let's get into this episode. I'm really excited. This is the second episode yes. of Preacher to Detroit. Of course, the first one kind of gave us uh, you know, a synopsis of what we're gonna see, kind of introduce the characters, let us know what we're getting into. Um course we got to see kind of the good and bad of, of all the characters <laughs> if you want to use that term um i'm interested mr bullock of course he does not disappoint um he was the focal point of i believe this episode and i don't think necessarily him per se but what he was doing i think the episode kind of centered around the, the rally. rally that he was doing um i do want to make mention though um there was interesting about uh, this whole voting situation and uh, the right to vote that some people don't have that's been taken away. What did you get from that? Because I thought that was I thought that was quite interesting. It. I don't think the episode gave enough attention to that. Sure. I don't think they took the time to really dive into what the problem was. It, it's kind of jumped around. And of course, that's that's TV for you. They're sure. Give you the no, interesting of parts. Um, but they really didn't tell us really what's going on in Detroit and what's the real root of the problem. How people are really feeling. We just kind of saw, you know. This is what he's battling for. This is the right. rally. These are the people. And it was I was amazed to see so many people come out and mm-hmm. so many people from different parts of Detroit. Sure. And, uh, I'm not sure if I'm really with this, the saying, the hood is on. Right. I'm not really following behind it. But it was a great to see just, you know, all these young men, you know, come out and really support this and hopefully really dive into this. Well, I, I will say that if nothing else... Um, Pastor Bullock is definitely passionate about this. Yes. Um, he's definitely passionate about uh, the rights of his people there in Detroit. And then, of course, in, you know, you go further into the state of Michigan, uh, but mainly because this is his city. This is the city where he pastors in. Um, and you can see from the rally that, you know, especially at the end when they were there and all the people that came up and spoke. And yes. spoke and people from different uh, parts of the city, people with different positions in the city, uh, kind of, uh, you know, basically talking about like there needs to be some change. There needs to be a change that happens in the city of Detroit. Um, I thought it was interesting that um, Bishop Ellis kind of jumping around here did not <laughs> show up because at the beginning we do see him and Bullock talk about the powwow. Yes. And, you know, they kind of talked about, you know, what was said and Pastor Bullock was kind of explaining his position and all that kind of stuff. But 
At the end of the day, Bishop Ellis said that he would show up to this event. Lo and behold, he's looking for him. He even places a call that we see. There's no answer. Bishop Ellis does not show up. So what do you think the reason for that? Do you think he reneged on his promise? Do you think that it just wasn't that important to him? You know what? Reasoning is not important to me. Mm -hmm. I felt as though it was just a whole spirit of dishonesty right there. Yeah. You should have either been honest in the beginning with mm-hmm. Pastor Bullock and said, you know what, I need to, you know, pray on it. I mm-hmm. need to see if the spirit is moving me to be a part of this. Right. Or if the spirit, so to speak, didn't didn't lead you there after you, you know, you read your Bible and you did everything that you wanted to do, um, as far as feeling comfortable with this. Sure. Gave him a call, and you're like, you know what? I'm not comfortable with this. I'm not coming. But to I just agree. not show up and not answer your phone, that goes beyond right. being, you know, a, a pastor. That's just Poor choices as a man. Right. And and as a person in leadership and, exactly. you know, all of the above. Uh, he did talk when he was talking with uh, Bishop Langston. He was having the conversation. Bishop Ella was talking about uh, what was said between what we saw in the last episode yes. between him and uh, Pastor Bullock. And he was talking about, like, some things were said. And he was talking about what, you know, when they had that conversation at the beginning of the episode, of course, Bishop Langston's like, no, that's a big story. That's not how it went down. I didn't, I didn't hear any distruth in that. Right, like, right. Pretty so, true to me. I think that was his perception, maybe. Right. Uh, and then you see the the kind of, you know, when they go to him directly, uh, and Bishop says, well, there's the, you know, this person's opinion, that person's opinion, and then the truth. So, you know, two sides and then the truth. So, however you want to place it, but I did hear him say something to the tune of that he probably was not going to go uh, to the rally because they were discussing the scripture and he was talking about how he's doing this rally and he mentioned it and I, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, you at home that are watching the show uh, and that are watching our after show, please comment. But I'm pretty sure that he said, I don't think I'm going to go. I don't think the spirit is leading me to go do this. So regardless if you said that or not, I agree with you that he should have said, look, I have had a change of heart. I'm exactly. not going to be there because this was obviously very important to Pastor Bullock. Important to the city. Very, to a lot of well, I mean, I'm just saying, but yeah, exactly. And it's also needed because, you know, they talk about, you know, kind of the things that are going on in the ministry, but you have to be able to, I believe as a pastor, as a man of God, you have to be able to reach your city. Um, you have to be able to reach because that's where you people are and you have to basically get into what's going on with the city. If there's something plaguing your city and you as a leader can stand up and and have some kind of say in what's going on, I think it's important that you do that. Um, because if you're not there to, to fight for the city or the people that live there, then it's going to be hard for them to see you as a leader and be like, well, if you can't help me with, with what's going on with me in this in this need that I have in the city, I can't even vote, for instance, in this case, uh, how can I trust you in the pulpit? You know? Yeah. So um, anyway, I, I thought that was, I don't know. I don't know. We'll probably, you know, hear in the next episode more about like his reasoning and why he didn't and all this kind of stuff. But for now, of course, uh, Pastor Bullock was very disappointed. Um, I want to get into uh, uh, Langston talking to his wife about the discussion with Bullock. And um, he said that he should apologize. And I thought that was interesting because he's basically saying, well, I was wrong. Wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. That... That apology was so, it has so much depth to it. Cause he said, you know, if this was the past, I'd have did this, that, and the fourth. But now, are you doing this because you really feel as though you're apologetic and, and you were, you didn't mean to say those things? 
or is it because of your position or this is the right thing to this do? The this right is the image say. that you want to have. This sure. Is, this is how you want to portray yourself on TV because there was right. something in that statement and how he said it and his body language mm-hmm. that didn't say I'm being truthful. I'm being honest. I really probably hurt this man's feelings and I was wrong for it. Mm-hmm. I, I realized I'm wrong. Something just wasn't right about it with to me. Well, I think he he definitely wants to portray himself as not the bad guy for obviously. Um, whereas Bastard Bullock doesn't really care. You know, he doesn't really right. care how, how he's portrayed. Uh, but he doesn't want to portray himself as that. And I think when he was talking with his wife, I think that him saying, Oh yeah, I want to apologize to him. It's the right thing to say. Um, whether he was heartfelt about it, I don't know. I don't want to judge him, but I agree when he was talking about the statement, he was like, yeah, if this was another time or another place, you know, I would have been down his throat and the hood would have came out of me. Like, I'm sorry. Come on. We didn't even need to right, see right. any of that or hear any but of that. But the fact you. that he said that, obviously, that maybe that's still, you know, it could be still there. The fact that he's saying that. Um, so I don't so know. you're saying you can take them out of the hood, but you can't take <laughs> the hood out of them. I'm not saying anything. Like I said, I'm not judging him. <laughs> I'm not judging him. All I'm saying is I do agree that when he said that he wanted to apologize, I think that was the right thing that he felt to say. Because if you th- do look at when he was talking to Ellis, his tone was a little different. His tone, it wasn't very apologetic. He was more on the lines of, oh, yeah, well, that's not what happened. And then when Ellis was kind of siding, you know, on his side, he was like, yeah, exactly. That's what we need to do. We need to get the spirit involved and da, 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 da. So it was interesting that he kind of changed his tune when he was talking with Ellis, who he feels is a is a is a probably a, a good overseer and somebody to look up to. Um, and he wants him to have his side. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, the conversation when he was talking with Ellis was very different from the one he was talking with his wife. I will say that, you know. So, however you felt about that, I don't know. But again, <laughs> we'll see as it progresses. I'm over it. <laughs> so, uh, Chrisette and Kira, who are Ellis's wife uh, and daughter, talk about this luncheon that they want to have with the ladies. Uh, and uh, Chrisette is basically uh, this, this is Mr. Ellis' wife, and she's saying that she wants to do something with the women, which is very reminiscent of the season with Preachers of L.A. There was a lot of times that the wives of the pastors kind of came together and had things that they did together, mm-hmm. and they kind of talked among themselves. And it created some some drama at times, which, you know, I don't know if that's what the show goes for, but definitely that's what definitely happens. That's what the producers want to pull. You know, we, we want <laughs> right. to see some good TV, right? We want to right? see some good TV. So... But he talks about they want to have this luncheon and they want to invite all the pastor's wives and, of course, some of the daughters and kind of just talk and fellowship and and get together. And so, of course, when they said that, I knew that especially if they were going to invite Bishop Corletta, there was going to be some drama. Because as we've seen in the first episode, that she definitely does not agree with a lot of what the women are saying. You know, that are around her, a lot of these pastors' wives and the pastors themselves. So when it came down to her being amongst these wives um, and like evangelist Dorinda Clark, I had a I had a sneaky suspicion and I was correct that she (laughs) was going to have a problem with what was going to be discussed. Mm -hmm. So I was just looking for that. I was like, oh, okay, we're going to set ourselves up here. So um, we also had Bullock going on the radio and he was talking about the cause again, very impassioned. And I do want to say that, um, please tune in, um, live stream tomorrow, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time. I will be interviewing Pastor Bullock. I'm very excited. Uh, we're doing a one-on-one interview with him and, uh, we're going to definitely get some insights about what he's about and what makes him tick. Um, so make sure you tune into that. Um, and if you can't catch the live stream, it will be downloaded on iTunes and on, um, YouTube. So, Going back to 
Pastor Bullock, he was talking about what was going on, and we had uh, some people call in, and basically just saying that ministers need to really be involved with what's going on in the city, what's going on uh, with with the community. Um, how, what is your take on that? Do you think that um, as a whole, ministers aren't involved, or let's we'll talk about the show? The ministers in this show don't seem to be as involved as they should. I do think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think uh, a lot of things that we're dealing with now. There is just a certain level of, of lack of faith. Mm-hmm. Faith is, is missing in so many aspects of our lives right mm-hmm. now. Faith is not in business. Faith is not in, in, in politics. We're missing that. We're missing that seat. And in reality, if your connection with the Holy Spirit was that great, your discernment would be so much greater. So your judgment will be, is be, will be on the radars in all these aspects of your lives. Mm-hmm. So there is a missing element of pastors, of the church, and everything. So I thought that that was a, a very powerful statement. It's very true. Mm-hmm. There are pastors out there that are very, very much working into com- in the communities and working hard to make change. But it's not enough. It's not right. enough faith-oriented people out there, mm-hmm. not enough saved people out there that want to just not necessarily change people's viewpoints, but just be workers, you know, workers serving, still mm-hmm. advancing the kingdom in the community. We're missing that. And mm-hmm. I think that that person was very correct in what they said. Sure. And it sounds like, again, going back to Pastor Block, you can talk about him and, and his viewpoints and kind of how he is with other ministers and his lack of respect or or what have you. But... You can tell he's passionate about his community. Um, I just, I, I do. It was just one statement. He said, you know, when he was out, out in the community, mm-hmm. it, all these black brothers come around. The spirit doesn't need to be there. Now, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait <laughs> I, a minute. I, I was going to get to that, but <laughs> we can talk about that now. No way. Yeah. The spirit has to always be there. I right. think that you are living in a time where right. you're flying by the seat of your pants, just right. hoping that Christ will cover you. But right. like I said before, if you already got the Holy Spirit, you already right. know what to do. You already right. have the answers. Right. No, I, I, like I said, we can jump there. Um, I, I, I thought that was very interesting statement, especially coming from a pastor mm-hmm. because, you know, the pastor, they, that's what they deal with. They talk about the spirit and especially a pastor of his caliber and of uh, his background and denomination. You know, you, you're talking about the spirit is the forefront and of the church, of the ministry. And for him to say, oh, okay, well, the spirit doesn't need to be here. Um, he actually mentioned that God is also a black man. Um, which I don't know where he comes up with this stuff. I don't know where he comes up with this stuff. Um, I thought that was interesting as well, but going back to where he said this, the spirit doesn't need to be there. I can say, I don't agree with that. I'm agreeing with you that the spirit needs to be there because that is how God is going to move. And if you want, you want God to move in the situation, like for instance, this situation that's going on with the not people not having certain people in Detroit not having the right to vote, and you're saying that we're going to come together and we're going to trust God that He's going to do that, then you need to trust God that He's going to move by His Spirit. Exactly. How do you plan to move the body if you haven't gotten the word on how to do so? Exactly. The Spirit is not there. And I think just going further with that statement, I wonder if that the other pastors have some issue with that because he hasn't said that outright, but maybe they feel, um, this is just, again, going by the statement, maybe they feel that he's walking very carnal and that he doesn't move by the spirit. And, and I think when they were Ellis and Langston were talking, that was, that kind of came up because he was like, Oh, I'm gonna go to, you know, I was talking about passage of the scripture where I'm going to discern by the spirit. I'm gonna move by the spirit. Something to that tone mm-hmm. as if pastor Bullock is not. So I'm wondering if they that's how they feel about him and that's part of the stain that they have. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to put it to the viewers. Uh, comment about that. What do you think? 
let us know. Um, and uh, make sure you use the hashtag, like I said, Preachers of Detroit. Um, <laughs> ABTV POD. POD. You got it. Um, it was interesting, speaking on uh, Bullock, uh, going, he had another pastor that was with him, a pastor by the name of Mo Hardwick, where we got put the hood on, uh, which... That's you're a not, tough okay. pastor right there. Right, right. He's, he's, he's from the streets. And so they actually went out to the hood and to reach out, basically, mm-hmm. and kind of talk. And that's where, of course, that statement same about, uh, you know, don't need the spirit of the spirit. doesn't not need it in a sense. But I think for the most part, I think he was trying to rally behind and let them know that they had a voice. Because according to what he's saying, being out there, if they have this opposition against them, some of them may feel that they don't have a voice and they just can accept that. And so I think what he's going out there is saying, like, no, we have a voice. We don't have to accept this. And we can push forward and make sure that some change happens. Um, so, I mean, I think it's good that he went out there with the pastor. Maybe some of the stuff he said was, you know, maybe off a little bit. But, you know. I mean, it, it, I think it was just maybe a little bit off for, you know, other people who are closely, closely related to the spirit. And, you mm-hmm. know, it, it moved that mm-hmm. way. But it was empowering for those who just mm-hmm. needed, you know, some positivity. Sure. So however you view it, I don't necessarily think it was negative mm-hmm. or he had a negative connotation behind it. Sure. It's just something that I would not say. And I don't think that it was negative either. And and you can play devil's advocate. And what I can say is also he may, again, this is just my opinion, but he may have been coming to them like, I'm not a pastor. I'm a man Leveling. just like you. I don't want you to look at me as this spiritual being or this person that is, you know, that just talks to God all the time. I'm coming with you where you are, and I'm basically letting you know that regardless of my position, I'm a man just like you, and I feel just like you. I'm from Detroit just like you, and maybe that was a way for them to be relating to him so that they can maybe have some trust or maybe believe him. And I don't, I think that's a great way. It's a great approach, mm-hmm. but don't forget that helmet of salvation sure. when you're sure. doing this. Sure. You know, you want them to see that in you. So. Sure. So it, it, it's more powerful. It has, sure. it has more meat to it when you're right. saying it. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there was a time that we had, uh, going back to Bishop Corletta and uh, Dorinda, talking about kind of the things that happened to powwow when in relation to women in ministry, women in leadership positions. Um, and they actually argued a little bit about the women's role in ministry. They kind of carried over the conversation again. again. And I think, again, I'm going to repeat what I said earlier. I think Bishop Corletta is definitely, this is going to be her soapbox. She's going to be discussing that she, any <laughs> chance she gets, she's going to be discussing this. She's going to be wondering why they feel this way because in, in her position, she is the minority. You know, she's, you don't see, again, a lot of women bishops. You see women pastors, but even with that, there is not as many uh, in relation to men pastors or male pastors. So the fact that she's a bishop, so now you're putting this, you know, additional title to her. Um, there isn't a lot of women bishops and a lot of denominations, including the one that Dorinda is involved in, um, does not believe that that's, you know, possible or that should be basically. So um, I thought there it was interesting that they kind of talked about it and that they had that discussion. Um, I don't know, again, if, you know, Bishop Corletta is going to get her point. Like, I don't think she's going to change anybody's viewpoint. Um, no. What do you think? I, I don't think she's going to change anybody's viewpoints. However, it's, it's just, when I watch Dorinda, you know, I, I feel so empowered by the Clark sisters. Yeah. You know, I, I love their ministry. Yeah. And when I listen to her speak, I get disheartened every time. Really? Because everything is what I'm taught, what I'm taught. And it's mm-hmm. biblical this. Ma'am. 
Go to Galatians 3.28. Mm-hmm. And it says you're not a Jew or Greek. It says you're not slave or master. You're not mm-hmm. male or female. Mm-hmm. We are all one under Christ. Mm-hmm. So you want to go and push the Bible and push this is biblical. This is biblical. What are you talking about? Right. The Bible has been translated many, 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 many times. Mm-hmm. And like unlike the English language, a lot of the words have a male and female version of each word. Mm-hmm. So it could have been mistranslated so many times. Sure. And you can we can throw up as many scriptures as we want. Mm-hmm. But it's a new day and age and the Bible needs to fit the, li- the life that you live now. Mm-hmm. And if the Spirit has led Bishop Vaughn to be a bishop and this mm-hmm. is her calling, mm-hmm. who are you to say this is not right? Just right. because Kojic has taught you mm-hmm. this rule. God does not want to know your religion. God does not want to know the rules of religions or the rituals. He wants you to know him. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to that, Dorinda. Sure. I, I, I understand what you're saying. I think that it co- does come down to a lot of tradition. Um, yes. I think when you have denominations that are kind of set in tradition and set with their goals. I know my mother, she grew up, you know, Kojic. And so there was a lot of things that she, as a Kojic person, was kind of set in tradition. And then when she kind of got out of that and was going to a non-denominational church, she made changes because there were things that were traditionally sound, mm-hmm. not biblically sound. And so she she changed a lot of things that were just about tradition. Um, so, but you can also look at it as people worship differently or people think differently. Um, I think when it comes down to the word, yeah, there's a lot of things that are misconstrued. You know, there's a lot of scriptures that are taken out of context in many different denominations, um, and that's why we have so many. You know, so I mean, we have many. so like, many. way too many. So I think that's that's a result, and this is a prime example of the interpretation of scripture, like Bishop. Corletta's interpretation is different than Dorinda's. I think they're both, you know, women of God. I don't deny either of their passion for Christ or their involvement for Christ or the Christ that's in them. Um, I think they just have a different approach to uh, how they view the scripture. And I I think that's where it comes down to. But I think they're both important for the body and both empowered, you know, women of God. Um, So, but again, going back to Corletta, I think she is the minority in this and she's going to come across it. And let's go right into when they had that luncheon. I mean, there you are right there. That luncheon was out of control. Just the the viewpoints from me. It was, just, it was just so much. And you know, you know what's crazy about the the drama with the women? It's so mm-hmm. quiet. Yeah. It's so quiet and calm. It's not really, you know, the, the debates don't get very heated. Well, I think some of that is editing. I mean, that, probably. Is, they it, take the, the right. best ones, you know, and they keep their the voices calm, which I'm, I don't have a problem with, but it just, that luncheon, you mm-hmm. know, just to hear women of my own generation, mm-hmm. you know, say the things that they said, right. it, it was crazy. Well, again, it goes back to what, how you're taught. You know, if you look at, um, cause you were talking about, uh, Courtney, who was Don and Benita's daughter, um, she was basically saying she was the one, um, uh, Pastor Don is the one that it feels, Pastor Don Shelby feels that, you know, the, the women should submit to the husband and to the tune that his wife does everything as she was explaining, um, does, and the girls, it sounds, does everything for him. And that again is a misinterpretation. Like they said in the mm-hmm. episode in Ephesians, it says, right. submit one to another, one to another. unto, unto right. Christ, you know? Right. So that was a little bit of a misinterpretation again, but I'm just, I digress. Right. I'm just bringing up the point. <laughs> and I think this is where she's coming from because she's, this is how she's taught. This is her father who is also her pastor. This is how she's grown up, you know, as a, a, a woman. And so she feels that what her dad has said to her is sound. You know, it, well, her dad, mom and dad, because you know, in the, well, the I mean, previous episode, her mom said, 
she was created to be a maid servant right, to right. Shelby. So, and right. I'm just, I, 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 that really <laughs> took me back. I, I, I've never heard a woman be so, I don't, I can't, I don't have a word for it. I'm not sure if this is control or submission. Right. Again, it goes, and, I, and I've seen it growing up in church. I've seen it happen in couples and, and things of that nature. It goes back to the interpretation of the scripture. How do you interpret the scripture? But I will say that if being that he's a pastor, and she was even mentioning, uh, Courtney, the daughter, was mentioning that he even did uh, kind of a study on submission you know, in the church. He, that's how he feels submission is. So his flock, the people that are under him, are going to mimic that because that's what their pastor is telling them. Yeah, he's, he did a series of sermons right, on exactly. submission, and, and, and this is what she believes. Right. However, you know, the thing is with the whole thing, I think that what Bishop Vaughn said was powerful. She just was saying, not necessarily so into the debate of submission, but she mm-hmm. said, as a, don't lose your voice. Mm-hmm. You know, you can still be powerful in the ministry, mm-hmm. even as a first lady or right. a submitted woman or whatever right. it is. You can still be powerful. Don't lose your voice. Right. Don't lose your dreams. Don't right. lose your goals. You know, trying to submit to a man. Sure. And I thought it was also interesting when you looked at uh, going back to Bishop Ellis when he was talking with his wife and daughter. And they were talking about what was said at the luncheon and how his daughter um, was Kiera was basically saying, I didn't get that. I don't, you know, they were saying, you know, he was talking about the girls and saying how they submit to their dad and they do this for them and that for them. And she's like, uh, I don't, we don't, you're independent. Like, you, you <laughs> don't, don't ask to. us, like, you Picture know how to plate. fix your sandwich. Like, you know that. And so, and he was in agreement with that. And he was just basically saying, yeah, I don't need that to happen, you know, and you see his wife and you see how she is, you know, sounds like she has her own business and she travels. And basically they were both kind of telling their daughter um, that, yes, I have to be able to have free reign to do these things. And my pastor and my husband has to allow me to do these because that's my calling. Yes, exactly. That's that's the big thing in there. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone has a calling. And I don't think anyone's calling us to be a maid servant to a man. You still have a voice. You still have a way to affect other people. You still have a life to live. And, you know, everyone... I think the interesting part was everyone had a different definition of submission at that Absolutely. table. Absolutely, no, it, it but was. they were pushing it so hard. But you, right. everyone's no one's definition really matched <laughs> one another. But you all are pushing it and saying and agreeing like, "Hey, sure. high five it over the table." Right. But really, you don't even have the same definition of it. Right. Well, again, I think that is definitely a just you know a, kind of a snapshot of the bigger picture, which these are all Christian based organizations, Christian based churches. All of these pastors come from Christian-based churches, but their viewpoints are vastly different. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier about the different denominations and how people interpret the scripture. That's why it's important for you to know God for yourself. Yes, Um, I I can agree with that wholeheartedly. People, (laughs) We said this in the last episode. People are always just going to church and letting the pastor give them the interpretation of the scripture, and that's what they run with, instead of reading it for themselves and seeing how it fits their life. Right. No, and and that's why I think people go to churches that fit them. I think it is important that you have different ministries, because everyone is different. You know, everyone uh, thinks differently. Everyone acts differently. I know the church that I attend has a lot of young people. I like that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Whereas somebody like, I want some old people in my church, you know, and that's, I need some old, you know, and that's fine. You know, I'm just saying that that's what I like. But at the end of the day, I have still have to know God for myself and yes. make sure that I'm in agreement with what he wants for me yes. and what he wants for my life. And so for 
um, you know, Don and Benita and their family, how they run their family, that's how they do it. And their daughters, you know, that's how they feel. So um, whether it's wrong or that's the interpretation of scripture, whatever, his wife was the one that said, that's what I want. So if she wants to be that, then that's what she wants but to be. She projects that onto her her daughter. So she that's, does. That's why does. this mindset is what it is. Right. It, like I said, it just baffled me that you all are right. trying to agree with each other, but you right. don't have the same definition of the word. Right. You know, submission is so right. many different things and it means so many different things to different right. people in their relationships. Right. And how can you all sit here and agree with one another? When she submits differently to her husband than you do, mm-hmm. or or your mom is different than this mom, right. you know, over here, it's just it was all over the place. Really, right. it, it had no real basis in this right. conversation. Right. Again, I think it's just it's how you're raised. We're all when when you go to again growing up, like I said, I grew up in church. The church I grew up in was vastly different than the church that my father became the pastor and that I was under as an adult. So. I'm, I don't think that again, going back to, I think the pastor that I grew up under, even though there was a lot of things, he was very strict and, you know, a lot of things that I didn't personally understand, but I still do not deny that he was a man of God. Just like right. I feel like all of these men are men of God. You know, I feel like they were called for a certain purpose. Their viewpoints are different. And I think it's just going to come down to, you know, again, we all have to be judged. Um, and so God is going to judge us accordingly. Um, I, I will say, Going back to uh, Donna Benita's daughter, Courtney, the fact that she said she doesn't believe a woman could be president because of the whole leadership thing, I think is a little is a little off just because I would think that even though the whole submission thing, because a woman is in a leadership position, that doesn't mean that she has a husband that just like Dorinda, I think she said it good. Dorinda said it good because she's she's an evan- she's an evangelist, evangelist, but her husband still leads the yes, household, and he's not a pastor, mm-hmm. so he leads the household, and she knows where her. You know what I'm saying? Even he allows her to do what she does because he trusts the God in her and trusts that it's all good because that's her calling. Right? He's not going to stifle her calling, but she knows that this is my husband, and I feel like you know I'm going to submit to him as my husband. He's the head of the household, and so I thought that was a great. Uh, situation. Whereas, again, going back to sh- the Shelby daughters, they were just like, "No, I can't do anything." <laughs> like they are so but, blinded, They're so, so blinded, and it, it makes it seems like they have right. confidence issues. It, I mean, it, it's just a trickle down. Like you don't. It's almost as if you don't believe that right. you can be great. Sure, sure. That you need a man to sure. make you great. Sure. Well, we'll see how it transits. I mean, they're obviously feeling young. So we'll see, you know, getting older. Or we'll see how this, you know, how the show develops. Maybe they might make some changes. Them being around. Because I think yeah. it would take them being around. It sounds like he kind of keeps them kind of close. Like they're all in that group, you know. The, the Shelby Five. Right. <laughs> right. Listen. So he kind of <laughs> keeps them, you know, under wraps or whatever. So we'll see. Maybe Mock they maybe they, they might make some changes before the show's up. So that being said, um, I definitely want to thank you all for tuning in. Thank you. Um, and we want to make sure... Uh, that you continue to comment. We had some great YouTube comments. Um, And uh, next week, I'm going to read some of those comments. So (laughs) make sure that you uh, continue to make some comments. We thank you for watching the show. Again, I'm your host, Lim Gonzalez. You can find me on social media at Instagram and Twitter at The Poet Saint. Uh, Sir, where can they find you? Of course, always Instagram and Twitter. I am Gary Thomas. Yes. And make sure, again, uh, that you, if you can, live stream next. uh, It'll be tomorrow, 5 o'clock. Pacific Standard Time, I'll be interviewing uh, Pastor Bullock. If you can't, make sure you uh, download it on iTunes and you watch it on YouTube. Uh, And we'll definitely be talking about it next week. Until then, 
We'll see you later. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.